Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. I am so excited to share this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast, where we talked with Nikki Klein about growing your business by leveraging Facebook groups. Nikki is a realtor in Boca Raton, Florida, who has grown local Facebook groups strictly by coming from a place of contribution. Let's listen in to hear her strategies on how to use Facebook. What is up, Lab Coat Nation? We are back for another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And I tell you what, I am super duper excited today, uh, for my own selfish reasons, of course, to interview this person because she speaks my language. Today, we are going to be talking about Facebook groups and how to grow them to just massive levels and then leverage the crap out of them to grow your business just by coming from a place of contribution. I could not find a better expert at this, somebody who I look up to. If you're watching right now, I'm literally like bowing down to her on camera because she crushes this and I cannot wait to talk to her and dive deep about Facebook groups and how to grow your own and how to become the digital mayor. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Klein, who is a realtor from Boca Raton, Florida, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was quite the introduction. Uh, you know what? You can sense the passion because it's real. I don't make this crap up. Just ask my wife. She says I'm different when I'm excited about something. Okay. So, Nikki, welcome. And, and I told you exactly, and I told the audience exactly what we're going to talk about. You know what we're going to talk about. But first, I want to know more about you. So clearly, you have this... Uh, really cool accent. That's about the best way I'm going to describe it without getting myself in trouble. I need to know where you're from, where you come from, and, and, and what led you to real estate to start with. Okay. So I am from London, England, originally. I keep trying, I have to keep practicing my accent because I get this American <laughs> twang and people think I'm from Australia or South Africa. <laughs> I'm from London, England. Um, I moved to America in 1999. And I just loved it here and wanted to stay. So I ended up staying here. Long st I'm, I'm going to make a long story really short. I moved to South Florida six years ago, got my license five years ago. The reason I got my license is because I wanted to find a job where I could use my negotiation skills. I didn't have a great experience when I purchased my own home. And I figured that if that was the standard, then I need to raise that standard. So I got my license and um, loved it and started, I started a Facebook group actually before I got my license. So let's backtrack. Um, yeah. I'm curious, what did you do? Okay. You came over here in 99. Yeah. What did you do when you got here? This is kind of fascinating in my opinion. Okay. So I went to college, I went to university of Miami in Florida. I had a lot of family in Florida. So I ended up going to university of Miami and then I moved to New York um, and I worked at MTV in New York for a little bit. And then I went... Wait a minute. What did you do at MTV? That's way too cool. Come on. Okay. Well, it was, when MTV was cool, actually. So when I was in London, I was actually on MTV for a little bit. And then when I went to college, I wanted to go back to MTV after college. So I went to New York and I worked there for a little bit. 
And then I decided it was re- like really cutthroat. Like doing what? What did you do for MTV? I worked. Um, I did the production event side of things, so I helped them with the. I was on the back end when I was in New York, but it was really cool. You'd see like Mariah Carey walking around in the halls and stuff. <laughs> it was very cool, and so I just decided that it was really, really too cutthroat for me. So there were certain situations that happened that I just didn't, I didn't like, um, because everybody wanted to work at MTV at that time. And so I decided that I was going to work in different industry altogether. So I got a job doing meeting planning and I worked for different companies, ended up moving to Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut. And I got a job at a nonprofit in New Haven. And uh, then I ended up moving to Florida. Awesome. Very cool. So you mentioned, now we'll move back forward again. So uh, now we know a little bit about your background. We know why you got in real estate. Where'd you start in real estate? What do you mean? Where did I start? Where'd you go? What, like what brokerage, like what brought you, did, uh, you, you said what brought you in, like you had a bad experience, yeah. but was there a mentor? Was there somebody that, that you kind of followed or a company that you wanted to go to? How did you choose where you wanted to go? Okay. So I actually ended up going to Keller Williams. And the reason I went to Keller Williams is my agent, when I was in New Haven and I sold my house, I loved my agent. She was a Coldwell banker and I called her and asked her for advice. And her niece was at Keller Williams. So she had me speak to her niece. And so I loved what her niece had told me about Keller Williams. So I ended up joining Keller Williams and I've been there ever since. I just love the culture for me. It's, it's, it's like a no brainer. I love it. I love it. And so you've been in the business for five years, which is, seems to be a common theme with a lot of people I interview who are crushing it, by the way, uh, that have not been in the business that long, which is a testament to what anybody listening to this is capable of doing, whether you've been in the business 25 years or one year, right? Uh, so give us a little context. Like what kind of business do you do uh, currently? So last, I'll just, last year we did about 38 million and there were about four of us on the team. I'm my, my team. I'm very different from most agents that you probably interview because I'm very boots to the ground. My teams implode constantly. And now there are three of us, three and a half who have a transaction coordinator. So I'm always like building and rebuilding. And now I'm finally at this place where I'm back at the foundation and just starting to build over again. That's the beauty about real estate is that you can implode and then start all over again and put different and put systems in place that help you grow. A hundred percent. So what, what would you say? And I'm, I'm going, as I told you before we even started this, this is going to be a conversation and this is creating questions for me to ask you because I'm trying to put myself in the mind of the listener. And, and so my question is, is what causes implosion for you? Okay. So for me, I was hiring the right agents for the wrong business. So basically I was hiring for sale, and expired agents who were excellent, except I never do that type of business. And so we would come in in the morning and they would, how, I can't lead by example if I don't do that type of prospecting, right? So they looking at me to lead, yet I don't know those scripts. So it just wasn't, I was looking to build a team, but I wasn't doing it in the right way. So they weren't the right fit for the team. So the way that I prospect with my business is I really dig into my database and I do a lot of client events and I do, I use my Facebook group to do a lot of community events. So we prospect that way. I love it, which is a perfect segue into the meat and potatoes of the topic. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. You hear about it all the time. I speak about it at events. I hear people speaking about it at events. 
It is the concept of growing Facebook groups, becoming the digital mayor of whatever it is you want to become the mayor of, usually a community. And so you crush this. And just to give uh, the listener a couple of examples, you're, in my opinion, you're most known for your Boca Raton Moms Connect group, which has over 12,000 members. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. And you use it. Uh, one, as a group to share, as moms would share, right? But as a result, you get business. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have another one that you just started recently called Journey to Mindful Growth uh, that has over 1,800 members. And I think you told me, how many groups in total do you have? 30? Yeah, I have about 30, but you know, some of them are dead and some of them aren't. It just totally depends. Here's the thing about Facebook groups is you can't do it all yourself. You have to have people who want to be a part of the journey and look for leaders to help you lead the groups. It's impossible to be in 1700 places yourself. So you have to try and find partners that want to help you grow a certain type of group that have the same type of mindset. I love it. I love it. And, and I think we should actually, it would make sense to backtrack a little bit here. So again, we're, we're talking very specifically about Facebook and kind of strategies uh, to, to branding through social media, through specifically Facebook. And let's talk about, before we get too deep into the groups and how you got this started, because you mentioned something to me off camera about what people should be using their personal page for. So give give the listener kind of your strategy on how they should be utilizing Facebook, because I love it. Yeah, so Facebook, your personal page should not be a place where you are 100% salesy. So we, I was just telling you this earlier that it should be the 80-20 rule, right? Where 80% of you should be personal. People want to work with you because they like you. So they want to get to know you. They want to they want to understand you and see how your brain works and see what your personality is like outside of the business world. So 80% of what you do should really be the fun things that you're doing in your life. So they get to, you know, they get to really see who you are as a person. And then 20% of it, should be about business. But when I say about business, it shouldn't be you like putting every closing or every pending or every listing. Nobody wants to see that. I kind of use the analogy is when you go to the dentist and you you have your, I'm actually friends with my hygienist. If she posted every time she cleans somebody's teeth, I think I would roll my eyes a hundred times. So I think, you know, having a story behind your posts is really important. So for example, you know, I had a client that moved from Denver and into this neighborhood and I was able to introduce her to another client that I put down the street. So how great is it that now we have this community that's connecting? That's the type of post that people really like to see and like to feel and like to be a part of. And then not only do you get to tag that client, you get to tag the past client, you get to introduce people and connect them. And then all of their friends get to see those posts as well. So it's kind of a big full circle post. I love it. And let me repeat what she just said. Think about that. So you're a realtor or in the real estate profession, maybe mortgage, maybe title, whatever you're in. And you're listening to this and you think about what you're posting on Facebook. Again, if your dentist posted every single time they clean somebody's teeth, is that interesting to you? No. If your mechanic posted every time he did an oil change, is that interesting to you? No. So think about it. Unless we could go on and on and on. Every time you close a real estate transaction, for whatever reason, we post it. Do you think that's interesting to most people? No. Nikki, you nailed it the 
you, you nailed it on the head. It's, it's right, and then, but like if your mechanic was changing the oil of somebody who had just driven 900 miles and they had a whole story behind it, that's an interesting story. So anytime, like even though it's your profession and you have uh, something that you can post about it, make it a story. People like stories. Be a storyteller. I love it. I absolutely love this. And this that's such basic information, but yet people need to hear it because they just don't know what to do. And that's why it's important that we need to talk to people like you so you can share. So let's let's back it up and tell us, tell tell the listeners about your first Facebook group, where it came from, how you even came about loving Facebook groups, which wasn't, by the way, which was before you even got into real estate. Can I just tell you, actually, before even Facebook existed, I thought in my, I have so many different groups of friends that don't know each other. I was thinking to myself, how amazing would it be to have a platform where I could have all my friends in one place? And then I didn't come up with Facebook. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg beat I you mean, to it. <laughs> I know. He beat me to it. But So my first Facebook group, um, when I lived in Connecticut, I, I had some babies, some babies. I had two babies at the time, like three in one. And I didn't have any friends. We just moved to, to Connecticut and... I didn't know how to make friends. So the few, I maybe had made like five friends. Um, I decided to start a Facebook group. I couldn't find a mom's group in the area. So I created a community Facebook group and I asked those five people to invite all the people that they knew in the area because I thought it would be really valuable to have a place where we could all connect and ask questions. I mean, selfishly, it was like, I want to know where the best dry cleaner is. I want to know who has the best handyman. So that's where it kind of started from. And then when I knew it was making an impact was when I asked the city to put speed bumps in front of my house because cars were driving too quickly. And I posted on Facebook that I wanted to have it done. And there was a whole thing. But anyway, a few weeks later, I I had the speed bumps outside my house. Um, often I had posted in the Facebook group, it ended up happening. So I was like, wow, this is really powerful. This is an amazing platform. This like everybody should be doing this in their community. Uh, so that's where it started. And then when I moved to Florida, I had the same thought process of like, well, I don't know anybody. And I have, and th- by the way, there were like 20 different mom Facebook groups, but they didn't add the type of value that I knew to add. So as an example, I don't allow advertising in my group. I don't allow self-promotion. I don't, there are certain topics that I don't allow. I'm very particular about the posts that I do allow into the group. And so you have to have certain rules and guidelines and not everyone's going to like it. So you have to be okay with not everybody liking it. And that's okay. They can go to one of those other groups. So it's just, it's about keeping your, your standards and making sure that um, people follow the rules. I love it. So let's talk about this mom group. So that's uh, obviously, in my opinion, your claim to fame and you've grown, it's grown to over 12,000 members. Uh, so first of all, it, obviously we know where it starts. It, there's a need, right? You just wanted to connect to people. What kind of posting goes on within this group or what kind of posts do you encourage? What, what's the purpose of it in this particular group? Okay. So this particular group is really a place where people, and it's not just moms, by the way, there are dads in there. Um, there are other, I should say, I don't allow other realtors in my group. Fair. Just, you know, totally fair. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we do have, I mean, if there are, congratulations if they have snuck in, by the way, it's a great group. Um, so we do have um, lots of different posts. We have people asking about, like I said, handymen, the best restaurants to go to. Um, where can I get a cake for my kid's birthday? What after school activities are there? It's, it's anything and everything any type of question you can think of. I don't allow politics, anything about vaccines ever, or religion. Those three things are not, 
not part of the group. And that's it. Well, I mean, I, you know, we do have people who ask about different churches, where to go. Of course, that stuff's allowed. It's just nothing. Controversial. Correct. I got you. So, and, and so then explain to the listener. So, okay, they get it, right? Okay, I get it. I, I, a mom's group, I get it. There's probably a bunch in my market, but that doesn't mean I couldn't do it and maybe do it better. Now, again, selfishly, we're all in business together. We're not doing this maybe for our enjoyment, maybe you do, uh, but let's be honest. I mean, we're doing it to build a brand or to grow influence or maybe pick up a few deals. So how does it circle into business from your mom group? Okay, so I do get tons of, when I first started, um, I was very purposeful about letting every single person know that came in the group that I was in real estate. And if they weren't working with somebody, I would love the opportunity. So that was like the first the way that I got my name out there. And now it's just referral based. People know in the group, I'm the realtor of the group. I make it very clear. I welcome the new members because I, I welcome them a hundred at a time. So in that welcoming post, I'll say, you know, we are your local real estate experts if, you, if you're looking to buy or sell. So that's pretty much the only time I'll plug my real estate team. Um, the other thing is that when you have a Facebook group, you can actually connect your, your business page to the group page. So anytime somebody comes on, they can see that it's powered by your business page. So we make it very clear. I also, oh, another thing that I've done is I've made a logo that's very similar to my logo. So the mom's group logo is, is very similar. Smart. Logo. That's yeah. really smart. You guys hear that? That's yeah. really, really smart. Yes. So, and you say you you let them know, but you're doing it very subtly, and and that's the key is you're not forcing it down their throat. You're not no. posting every time you have a closing. No. Uh, you're not posting about market stats or what FHA's guideline just changed because really, frankly, nobody really cares about any nobody of that. Does. Correct. Um, so, how has it then circled back to you in business? Like, what causes? Like, what kind of posts occur? that maybe cause, uh, you know, it's a turn back to you to come back to you in terms of, in terms of, I need a realtor. Does some, does people actually go in there to post something that ends up leading back to you for business? No, because, okay. So I allow all of the posts into the group. So if somebody says I'm looking for a realtor, I won't allow that post in the group. I'll just directly email that person, message that person. I love it. So you're practicing what you preach. You see, again, again, you hear that. You have to set rules and you know what, maybe we should digress a little bit on this. Cause if you've never done a group before, how to set up the group, I think is really important. And yeah. I don't know how you do it. And I'm going to let you tell us, but like, for example, having a set of questions that they have to answer. Um, you have to moderate it, which means every single time somebody asks to join your group, you have to choose whether or not you want to let them in. And mm -hmm. I'm actually really curious. Let's stay on this topic. I'm really curious as to know how do you vet that? Because I do this in my groups as well. And I moderate it and it's a part-time job. I mean, it takes a little bit of work, right? Full-time job. <laughs> well, for you, it is. I'm not as big as... <laughs> I get it. And so what is yeah. your, what is your mindset on that? Like, where do you, first of all, how many questions, what type of questions, and then what kind of vetting do you do to allow people in? Like what kind of back stalking do you do on people? Okay. So I used to spend hours going through each person at this point. Um, the questions I ask, okay, so here's what I do. This is like the secret. So I'm actually going to give you guys all the secret sauce right now. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hold, hold on. Let me record this. Oh, wait. Okay. I <laughs> okay. So the secret source is this. It's the name of your group. So I want you to think about the name of your group. 
my, my group's name is called Boca Raton Moms Connect. That was very, very purposeful. The first thing that people do when they're going to move to another state is look for, well, the first thing that moms do especially is look for Facebook groups for the area, right? Because they want to know what's the best schools for my kids. What's the, so I put Boca Raton in there as the name and then I put um, moms and then connect because who doesn't want to connect the whole point that somebody who's going for a group is looking to connect with other people. Okay. So I capture those people who are coming, who are moving to the area. Now, when those people move to the area, do you think most of the time they don't have any realtor, right? Correct. They're looking, they're reaching out, they're deciding if they want to move to the area. So part of the questions that I ask when they're coming into the group is, are you thinking of, do you live in the area currently? And are you thinking of moving to the area? So, and do you have a realtor? <laughs> Those are the questions that I asked. Those three. Okay. Something like that. Yes. Yeah, like I have three questions. Okay. And so then very simple um, because there's a meaning behind this. And so what happens, for example, when someone doesn't answer the questions or they only answer one? So I don't care. I introduce myself to every single person that comes in. Smart. Because I want them to know, listen, I don't know if you're looking to buy it. If they don't answer the question, um, I look at their profile. I see, first of all, I see if they're a realtor, then I don't let them in. And then I see if we have mutual friends, then I can, I can say, oh, I see that we're friends with, we have this mutual friend. Um, or we're in the same group together. Oh, I see we're in this group together. So I try and find something to relate to them about. And then if they're not, if they already live in the area, then I say, oh, please keep me in mind if you're ever looking to buy or sell. And then they always, they see me every day because I post every day. So I'm top of mind. So they now know I've, I've reached out personally that I'm a realtor. And now they see my face every day in the group. Are you doing this through Facebook Messenger? Is that how you're reaching out to them? Yeah, yeah, Facebook Messenger. This is brilliant. People listen to this. This is so brilliant, the strategy that she employs to do this, and I'm not doing this. Um, and I'm going to talk to you off camera about my groups just because I'm curious to pick your brain. But that's not why everybody listening to listen to me vomit from the mouth. They want to hear you. Uh, so, okay, awesome. So we've got the vetting process down. Now, when it comes to moderating the group, and you know, I'm, I'm a big part of Lab Code Agent, so I see how, and that's you know, massive. I see what it takes. It takes like 20 or 30 moderators. You're one of them. That's how we got to know each other. Uh, to manage, to actually watch the posts that go on every single day, to keep out the riffraff, which you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. What's your strategy as far as that is concerned? So um, I think it's very straightforward to see who the riffraff are when, they, when the posts come. So if I see a post that's inappropriate, that person gets kicked out. I don't even give them a second chance. Um, there is very, very little drama in my group because we just don't stand for it. And the questions that are asked are very like normal questions. So there's no reason for there to be any drama. I won't allow posting if I have an inkling. If you have to ask yourself, I don't know, should I let this in or not? Then don't let it in. I love it. I like, love it. And, very simple. If you have to ask the question and you're not sure, then just don't do it. And you see what goes on in lab coats as a great example. And it's a, it, it's, it's, a it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's tiptoeing a line a lot of times. Um, that's interesting. Okay. So I think it's important for people to understand that setting up a Facebook group, you better be committed to it because not only do you need to vet the people that are coming in, 
but you also need to stay up on what's going on, which means you cannot really take a day off from Facebook. I'm sorry, but it's like, it's a part of your job. It's a part of your strategy. And if you're not committed to it, then don't even bother doing it. Leave it to the professionals. Well, and for the record, it's the way that I prospect, right? So I do not prefer to call FISBOs and expires. That's not the way that I prospect. And it took me a while to realize that I didn't have to do business that way. Because I think a lot of the time in real estate, you're, there are so many classes on FISBOs and expires. And I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. Like it's just not the way that I do business. So I'd rather prospect through Facebook Messenger and talk to these people that way. And then when we have events, so I know this is like a whole other topic to do with Facebook groups, but we take a lot of our Facebook groups offline and have community events because people really want to have face-to-face -face conversations with other people. There's like that, that is so important when you have a Facebook group to make sure that you're able to connect people face-to-face. -face. So cool. So give us an example of what you're doing there and what, and let's, let's talk about some of your other groups. I think the, again, the mom group, I use it because it's the best example because it's the most famous example. It's your, you know, you've mm -hmm. crushed that example, but give us another example of a group where you've done this and how you've done it. So I just started Journey to Mindful Growth about six weeks ago, maybe maybe eight weeks ago. And we have about 1700 people in there. And it's one of the most powerful groups I've ever been in. Uh, I've, I haven't seen people so vulnerable uh, in a forum ever. It's incredible. It's really incredible. It's, it's about mindset growth. It's about um, awakening. And it's just a place where people uh, self growth, right? It's, it's people who have a passion for getting to the next level of consciousness. I mean, really, that's what it's about. Okay, I was just, that was my next, you, you already answered the question I was just going to ask you. So have you done a, have you taken this group outside of Facebook? Not yet, but we will. We, the plan, okay, so I was very strategic about the moderators that I picked for that group. Um, we, there are five of us, all in different industries, different stages of, of mindful growthness. And um, personally, but this is more personal, right? Correct. And, and it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a personal journey. Everyone's on a different phase in their journey. Um, so the people that I picked have the same mindset and I knew that they would be willing to make posts every day. Right. So that's the key is the engagement. I know these people, I, I see them on Facebook. I know that they make thoughtful posts. So I picked these people because they're leaders and that's, that's the key. So the key about Facebook groups is everybody wants to be part of something, right? Everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves, but there aren't so many people that are willing to raise their hand and start the groups and, and be consistent with them and keep them going because it's a, it is a full-time job and it's a responsibility. If you're willing to do it and put in the work, it ends up paying off. Not, and I'm not talking just business. I'm talking about the impact that you make on people's lives. I love it. I, I use the sports analogy when I describe this all the time. And I, and I tell people, you know, it's like, it's like you're at, at, at the very end of the game and your best player is sitting on the bench. If, if you're the coach, you're an absolute idiot for not having the best player in the game. And if you're an entrepreneur or you're in business for yourself and you're not utilizing social media, it's like leaving your best player on the bench. It's like one of the most um, 
effective and affordable and uh, just best strategies to grow your SOI exponentially uh, that has ever happened that we've ever had in the history of business, right? It's, I, mean, I can tell you that from the 38 million we did last year, we didn't pay for one lead. I didn't, I didn't spend any money on leads. Yeah, there was like heads exploding all over the, uh, all over the podcast uh, world right now. <laughs> and th that's powerful. Now, are you running targeted ads ever? Nope. Not I boosting? Yet. Nothing. I've done nothing yet. You're nuts. That you're is my goal. <laughs> I'm but, going to get there. But why? I mean, if you're crushing it, you did 38 million, which again, put it into context, you're probably in a little bit higher price point market, but still 38 million. I mean, how many units is that? That was 89 units. Strong. That's very strong. And you did it without spending a dime. So your ROI. Yeah, I, I have a good profit good. margin. Yeah. I have very good problem. That's so awesome. So awesome. Okay. So uh, actually, let's go back to the question that I had a minute ago, which was, uh, give us an example of an event that you've done in the past that where oh, you've taken it out. I have the best events. Okay. So one of my favorite events that we did, okay, I have a couple that I'm going to talk about. Okay. So two of my favorite events. The first one, we do a Halloween warm-up warm event, and that is gives people a reason to dress their kids up twice in the same Halloween outfit, <laughs> right? Like who, cause then they get to use it again. So everyone shows up to that event because they get to dress their kid up again. And the kid loves, loves getting dressed up. Halloween um, warm up. That is a really clever name. Yeah. So thank you. So basically we have vendors that come, which are usually MLM mamas who sell leggings and makeup and hair crap and nail stuff, whatever. Cool. cool. And they all line up. And so then we do a parade. So the kids get to walk around in a parade past all the vendors and, and that's it. And they get, the vendors have candy. So the kids, pay, and then I provide the bags for the candy. So my logo's everywhere. And then we have a photographer. So on social media, everyone sees our logo on the bags that's holding the candy that the kids are all holding up. So it's, it's really good. It works out really well. That's one of my favorite events. So let me ask you something while we're still talking about this. So like we do trunk or treat and now I'm like thinking to myself, that's so original and so not unique. Now I'm pissed off at myself because what a great idea and so unique and not industry specific. Correct. And, and you're attracting vendors that want to be there because it's a bunch of moms. Right. That's so good. And then you get to capture every single person that comes into the event, right? You capture their information and add them to your database. And so we have a separate drip campaign for the Bokemons um, group. Where do you do the event at for this one? At the park. At a park. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, go on, carry on. Yeah, I, I don't like spending money. So <laughs> this is, you know, a park is free. I love it. Um, so then my second, okay, so this is not necessarily an off, a face-to-face -face event, but it really does impact the community in a huge way. So last Christmas, um, we raised over $5,000 in gifts for foster children. And what I've found in running these groups is that there are so many people out there that want to give back, but they just don't know how to. And so your Facebook group can be the vessel that brings people and foundations together to, to give back. So what we did was we partnered with an organization that works with about 10 different foster care organizations and they write wish lists, right? So Johnny, who's eight, wants some Lego. 
And so we have hundreds of wish lists. So I would post all of these wish lists in the group and I would ask the moms to take however many they want to and then bring the toys to my office. So they feel amazing that they get to go to the store with their child to pick a gift for somebody who's less fortunate, right? And then they bring the gift to my office so they, they see my, my office. I get to meet them where I work and introduce myself to them. And they get to donate gifts to people. So it's just a complete full circle. They feel amazing that they get to give back. The children get gifts at Christmas and I get to facilitate that. It's just the most incredible feeling. That is powerful. And so you're taking, you know, you're taking a charitable uh, event, which, which makes sense all, all way around. If, and if, if people aren't utilizing this, not even for business, like this is totally coming from true contribution, but it will come back tenfold. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We're still in business for ourselves. However, if you take the mindset, and I think this is circling back to this entire conversation, if you take the mindset of, of, of just coming from contribution, of just giving back, of just wanting to help and wanting to share, and you do this and you execute it for a, a period of time, it's a long game, I think you would admit, right? It takes time oh, to nurture this and it takes time to do it. Uh, not just time and longevity, but also time in your life. It's a part of your work strategy. It will come back tenfold or in your case, 38 million in, in a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I started five years ago, so that's not terrible. My first year, I think I made like $3,000 in commission on rentals. That doesn't really count. So let's just say four years. <laughs> I love it. You know what though? But that first year is a learning year. I think it is for everybody. No, nope. tough, man. It was not, it was like, you work so hard. I could see why people, you know, they say like 90% of people quit in the first year and I get it. But if you can get through that first year and just, just see, see through it. And if you're passionate about it, you can be, you can just be anywhere. I love it. So, so let me ask you a question. Cause I think people think this all the time. I know it cause they say it to me is okay. Uh, in my market and let's you know, just use your market. Okay. I'm, I'm in Nikki's market. She's already crushing Facebook groups. It's too late for me. I mean, like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't compete with her. She does. Yeah. She does this well. What would you say to somebody who's, who's thinking that? Somebody in my market, I'd probably say you're right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, would say, uh, <laughs> I would say that is such a limiting belief because I started mine four years ago and there were three groups with thousands of people in their Facebook groups. And in fact, I had a friend who started a group at the same time as me and she has like 1,800 people in there now and I have 12,000. It's really a matter of how... So just, you have to focus on you. Don't care about other people and other people's groups. Focus on your group and make your group the best. And that's where people are going to end up being. I get people coming up to me on the street like, oh my gosh, you're Nikki Klein. Like, I, I actually had a woman come up to me and say, I made $30,000 more in my business last year because of your group. Hmm. Like, I can't thank you enough. Like, to, when you have people coming up to you saying that you changed their life, it, like, there's nothing better. Not to mention, that's a raving fan. So who is that person? Who is that woman going to think of anytime she ever needs to buy or sell? Oh, and she sends me referrals. Right, correct. Of course she is. I mean, yeah. that's you're probably on her Christmas card list. That's amazing. Right, right. Yeah. But that's why, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. When I first started in the business, it was all about like, how can I be number one? I have to be number one. Like, what, how, what can I do to get there? And my mindset has just completely shifted since I've been in the business and... I just have like a whole different focus. 
Okay, so I've got a question, um, and and I want to, uh, to to dumb this down and back it down a little bit because here's what I'm thinking. Like I have groups, and I vet them really hard because I I'm never if I'm not sure who you are, I'm afraid you're a spammer. So I don't let you in because my goal is not quantity. I don't really care about having. I, I don't really care if I have twenty thousand members in my group because it's quality over quantity. But I think a lot of people are automatically going to think, okay. I'm going to start a group and I'm going to use myself as the example uh, about fitness and it's going to be about my goal, my physical goals. And if people want to share their goals, great. If nothing else, I'll inspire some people. And if I have 250 people in the group, that's great. That's 250 raving fans. They want to be there. They chose to be there. And I don't care if it's 10,000 people, a thousand people, a hundred thousand, it doesn't matter to me. So talking to those people, because I think that's where people get a lot of, they get very dejected, like with even Facebook posts. It's like, oh man, I only got a hundred views. I only got two likes. How would you talk to somebody? Because come, you know, again, I consider you a professional at this. You're one of the best at it. So talking to that person who says, uh, you know, what is, what's success? Define success in a Facebook group. How would you define it? Uh, I think success in a Facebook group is when you have people interacting. That's success. When you have people asking questions, people uh, who people who are interacting in your group that want to share, that to me is success. When people, it's like I said, it's like literally making an impact on even if it's one person's life. So journey to mindful growth. I thought maybe we'd have like 250 people in the group and then we would all share our stories and it just grew to 1800 really quickly. And that's because it adds value and people add their friends and they're like, wow, this is really making an impact. So if you focus on what your vision is for the group and don't steer away from it, just focus on you. Don't, don't worry about the noise, the outside, put your blinders on and it'll be successful. It's going to be successful if it's what you envision for the group. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And I think people need to hear that because, again, I think they're going to look at you and think they're failing. I look at you and think, crap, man, I'm failing. And I'm considered an authority on the topic. I mean, just by the because people ask me all the time. And I think my strategy is very different, of course, but at the same token. Well, what's making you think you're failing? based on what you're hearing me say. Numbers, so, no, solely numbers. That's, yeah, that's and that's not where what it should be. It should be about who's reading my posts, are they getting anything out of it? Um, how can I help more people? That, that, for me, that's what success is. It's the numbers, the numbers aren't, it's, like you said, it's quality over quantity. And, and in this case, quality is engagement. The group's going to grow organically. And once in a while, I do throw out there, hey, if you're finding this valuable, please invite your friends because the more people that we have, the more minds we have, the more we can share and the more we can gain. So I do throw that out there once in a while. I just don't do it every second. I love it. I love it. And I think that's important for people to hear. And 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 frankly, and a lot of the advice I give to people all the time is when they're thinking about doing a group and what to do as a group, I'm like, what is your passion? Like, what are you doing? What are your hobbies? If you're a duck hunter... And that's your passion. Create a group for duck hunters. So what if there's only 50 people? It's going to be 50 people that are just as passionate. I'm not getting in it, but I guarantee you people who are passionate about duck hunting are getting in that group. And guess what? Those 50 people are going to remember you every damn time. 100%. They need. 100%. It, and that's exactly what I tell people as well. It has to be something you're passionate about. If you're not passionate about it, it's going to fail. There's just no, 
There's no question about it. You have to, it has to be something that you deal with on a daily basis. If you're into yoga, start a yoga Facebook group, whatever it is, but don't make it about business because the business will happen organically once people get to know you as the leader of the group. You're right. I love it. I love it. This is so powerful. And I think people need to need to remember that. And, and, and also remember that you have to be cognizant to turn the camera around more often. Like you, if you're going to create a group, it has to have activity, ideally, almost daily. Um, it needs to have consistent activity. Sure. At the beginning, you have to, you have to be on it daily. It's like you have time block for it. We time block for our groups every morning. What does that look like? So we have about a hundred people that try and come into our group. So that's part of our prospecting in the morning. And then we have in the afternoon, and then we also allow certain posts in, like we go through our posts. And then in the afternoon, same thing, we time block for allowing posts into the group. Awesome. Very, very cool. Very cool. Otherwise, you'd be on it 24-7. Like, okay, another post came in, another post came in. You, gotta, you have to time block for it. Otherwise, you would go nuts. I love it. What about content? Is it just all organic content? Or are you guys actually planning the content? Oh, so content is actually really a good question we can schedule posts. So if there's like a concert that's happening in November, I'll do a scheduled post for October. So then it will just pop up one day in October and it'll go into people's feeds. Same thing with, um, with anything really, if there are any, you know, events or festivals or whatever, if I see, you know, sometimes you can see when people are going to a concert and you're like, Oh, that looks like a good concert for my group. So I'll share, I'll, I'll time schedule for it. You can schedule posts. So I'll schedule for it into the, into the, um, the group. Into the group. I love it. I love it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We didn't even mention that necessarily, but of course that's imperative. Uh, like if you're going to create a group, you better be creating content. And if it's turning the camera around on yourself or if it's a community, let's just say a digital mayor page where it's a community page directed towards a local area, you should be putting out content that is specific to the area. What's going on in the area? When's well, the parade? When's and I also, I also want to just clarify that there is a big a huge difference between a Facebook page and a Facebook group. If you want to have people being interactive, you have to create a group. If you're just sharing information and being informative, then you want a Facebook page. That is a really good point uh, because the reality is, is business pages are like graveyards. Uh, they're very hard to get engagement. They're really, really anymore. They're designed. You have a business page because you have to have one. And because that's where you, that's where you boost. That's where you target. That's where you run ads. Typically. But I'm not even talking about business pages. I'm talking about some people create community pages. And I think that's a mistake. That's a good point. I think instead of having a community page, you should have a community group so that you can actually interact with people. And that's probably just more lack of, of knowing because, right. because what was it like this past spring when Facebook said, Hey, we're putting an emphasis on groups. Yep. So if you knew that, if you're following along, you know, that's what Facebook wants and what Facebook wants, Facebook's going to elevate. Mm -hmm. And if Facebook doesn't want your page to be seen, they're going to suppress the hell out of it and you will be dead. Right. It's kind of like, and this is kind of completely off topic, but recently saw in the last couple of months, saw a post where if you say like, share, comment, Correct. If you say it. If you type it, Facebook will suppress it. Correct. Isn't that crazy? No. Yeah, I saw that too. If you haven't heard that, uh, I'll repeat it. If you're asking people, whether through text or verbally, in your posts, to like, share, comment, 
you better watch out. Your, your, your post probably won't get any activity because Facebook is intentional. They want it to be organic. Yep. I love it. All right, Nikki, we have to wrap up. We're running out of time. You and I could talk about this stuff uh, till I'm blue in the face because I just enjoy this conversation. And I'm looking forward to having more of these conversations with you. Um, so before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to like, like, like uh, give the audience as, as kind of an outro to, um, to this topic? Um, just be authentic. I think that is the key, the key to everything. Don't be salesy, be authentic. I People love it. Get to know you. Perfect. That's perfect. That's a perfect outro. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if someone wants to find you, what's the best, what best way to do that? Well, you can find me on Facebook, Duh. Nikki Klein, or if you have any questions, you can send me a message, send me a personal message. I love Facebook. it. Um, it's Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. K-L-E-I-N. Correct. And a very distinct wavy hair do. You wavy? Can't miss her. It's called curly. I, I mean, I don't grow hair, yeah. so. It's curly. Actually, okay. it's really messy right now. It's like. It's. It's, it's, I don't even know what to do. She's, she said it's curly. It's curly. <laughs> Actually, my Instagram name is Curly Brit. <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> That's it. I'm glad I said it because now they know how to find you on IG. I know, but yeah, I'm, I really need to work on my IG. It's, yeah, it's pathetic. You know what, though? You're owning you're owning the one that you do. You're doing it very, very well. I think what you shared today has been fantastic. I think our listeners have gained a ton. I know I have. And uh, I'm really looking forward to being a part of some of these groups. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to go try to get into this book of Return Moms Connect just so I can follow and watch. Uh, and, <laughs> I will see. And see if I get accepted <laughs> in. Right, right. Awesome. Well, Nikki, I really appreciate you being on. It was great talking to you. And... Um, and again, to all of our listeners, if uh, if if you of course you like what you what you hear here, please don't keep us a secret. I can say this because this is a podcast, uh, but please share it. Let us know. Let let uh, your other realtor friends know. Lab code agents, you know where we come from. We're coming from contribution. This is all about sharing. It's all about giving back to the to the industry. And uh, Nikki's another phenomenal example of the of. She is our culture. She belongs with us, and and we love her, and we're glad to have her. And I'm glad she was on the podcast. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. So thank you until next time. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.